Right, so this is a 45th Red Pen story. And I was thinking about uh, Belbiv DeVoe, and uh, it might, uh, well, some people might not know about Belbiv DeVoe. Michael Bivens was there running the show. Bivens. And then Bell, Bell, and Bell and DeVoe, and they were from Philly. That's where my brother lives. Well, he lives outside of Philly now, but he did, he works for Philadelphia School District. Maybe, depending on if you like this podcast or not. Oh, you know what? I guess I, I, I'm not positive Bell Biv DeVoe lives in Philly. But uh, they have this song, Poison, right? Uh, Veneo, and that's the Spanish. And I always think about... Uh, I don't want to, uh, I actually believe it, I have another song earwormed in my head anyway, so I can't even earworm you. But, you know, I think about, uh, whenever I think about that song, there's also a band called that, that, and they were, I think they were around, and these are both 80s groups, so I'll try to transition away from the 80s to something even older, which is like, so you had Snow White, right? Sleeping Beauty. Cinderella, which one ate that apple? That's my question for you. And if you figure it out, probably, but you say, Jesus, uh, you know, how come there was never, is it Jesus, was that, I wonder if there was a lab, like, like from the apple growers back then. Actually, they were, wasn't that the whole Alar thing or whatever? That was before my time, I think, but. You know, nowadays you do anything like that, you'd, you'd have trouble, you know. They'd say they'd have to make up a fake fruit. Uh, you'd say, oh, it's a poison, poisoned opal that put made, made uh, Snow White sleep. And and then you, you think about Snow White when she was sleeping, or, or did she pass on? Uh, again, I was confused. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know what it is. She said, I think this was story it's supposed to be Spanish story about uh i have mixed feelings about snow white i don't know about that 50s i don't know if that was 50s but i don't know if it was the pacing and that but that was the one i mean that, that made made disney and uh, you know that, that empacada packed the theaters you know so I guess they could care less as several years than me except go without my opinion you know uh, so I don't know, but I see, you know, I said, why couldn't there be like a, a I don't know. I, you know, I said, what is the story here? CEO Estoy Allah. If I'm there, what is it? Like I'm at the Snow White premiere and Estante, this is it, people. This is a story. Scooters at the Snow White premiere and, uh, Escoltarnos, he's escorting, uh, someone he's involucrados, he's involved with. So you say, oh boy, okay, this is fiction then, right? Because it's definitely fiction if Scooter's involved with somebody. And then they say, well, Scooter, tell us, Damas, the rest. And I say, well, I'm not feeling a story flowing. It's like a story block. Uh, but, que date, stay here, ultra former. There's got to be another way. You know, if the story swamp's not giving it up. 
I mean, it had some things there. It had Snow White, Apples, Belle Biff DeVoe. Uh, move it day, though. Move on. I got to move on. Like, just like Belle Biv DeVoe, they moved on. Or I don't know. You wonder if they're still best friends. Were they best friends, or was that something that was sold to us? Like TNN, did they, like they have like a special bond uh, through music, or once the songs were over, De Harlow, did they leave each other? Apenas, did they barely know each other? Or Puerta, can we count on the? And who do you think Mendone was the bossy of the Belbiv and DeVoe? Uh, BB, BBD, BBD, Bell, I mean, Bell was, but Michael Bivens was running the show. So I guess DeVoe was kind of on the, but he had a two-part net DeVoe. So I don't know who was Mondone. Presumably, I guess you could say, well, what are your, your uh, what is that called? A trio. They're a trio. You'd have to razon, reason, you know, okay, so is it the out front management style? Then it's Bell. He said, my name's first, I'm the first. Sure, Bevins can think he's running the show, but it's Bell Biv DeVoe. And then maybe, like, uh, DeVoe was just, like, in the back singing, Hola, mi baby, like, hello, my baby, hello, my darling. How am I right? And then they said, what are you, DeVoe, what are you doing? You know, we're, we're going to stick with the plan. But maybe he was really, like, he said to, to maybe DeVoe was the one that said, you mar de malhenio, call me the evil genius. So they said, oh, so he was really ru- running the show. He wasn't running the show. He was the one running the running of the show. And he was hoping Dehan Suban that they would let him rise, because he had big plans for Espacio for space. Uh, he he had this idea because this was the eighties. He think it was after Reagan was president, but he, believe it or not, DeVoe. You know this whole thing was a cover up for this Cortina space curtain, Espacio Car- Cortina space curtain, which was originally called Star Wars. Uh, to concretos to be specific, but uh, DeVoe called it the uh, Espacio Cortina, the space curtain, which I don't know why they didn't call it that in the first place. They didn't listen to him. And he was he was this evil genius. So I guess you'd say, no, he's not an evil genius. You know, some would say, and he'd say, well, okay. Uh, the nuclear weapons would say he's an evil genius. And... The other, because he wasn't, the thing was, you know, who really thought he was evil genius was all the established defense contractors, because he was just an upstart. He was like an original startup. And Bell Biv DeVoe, and this is stuff nobody talks about, you know, Bell Biv DeVoe was the, uh, was the seed money that would launch Espacia Cortina. And maybe, I think even he had gotten some of the plans for the Star Wars. I think it even had another name, Nuclear deterrent system it was called maybe it wasn't even called star wars it was called something else i get mixed up because i think it did have something anti-nuclear defense system sad sad something but space espacio cortina's a space curtain so i think he like was uh working on the plans 
And he had all the plans there. And then one night it was tock tock. There was a knock knock at his door. And they were supposed to be rehearsing. And, and uh, Bell and Biv, they were. But their Carjas Kogimos, their faces were caught. They were singing without their trio. And it was a strange, uh, normal looking person. He said, well, I thought this was a trio. And uh, Michael Bivens said, Cito uh, Donde, what was where? You know, what was where? He did the old, uh, what was where? And the guy said, uh, Where's the rest of your embrace, your company? And then Bell said, he's in having a bathroom break. Really, he's breaking, you know, he wanted to protect the U.S., but this guy was really, you know, a stooge with the, uh, you know, I'll just be straight with you, military-industrial complex. There, I said it. Uh, but Barrow, oh, I asked, well, listen to this part. Because uh, then... Uh, uh, Bell and Biv, they said, uh, uh, Dehe Molsol, uh, Dehe Molsol, they said, uh, Dehe Molsol, let's leave, and they said, come with us, man, we're gonna go, uh, we're gonna go sing outside, it's a nice, wonderful night, and then, uh, DeVoe, after he washes his, he washes his hands a lot, that's where he is, Why? and the guy says, I don't hear any water running. And they said, Paro Sarah, but the, it'll be running in a minute. And then he said, no, no. I, I, he goes, I hear a, pen, a pencil. And he goes, I hear a, uh, whatever the thing is they use, a slide rule. And Be- Bell's face went, you know, he went, guh, guh. you know, he did that, guh, guh. oh boy. And they gave it away. This defense contractor, he got on his walkie-talkie. He said, uh, all right, boys. Uh, he goes, he goes, we have, we have some perfectly, you know, but they said, we don't care. And then he left. And, uh, you know, Bev said, Suya Achamos is Syrian, but, but his cast will be, he goes, this is serious, 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 you know. And then, uh, Bell said, uh, old Fato, what's that smell? And yep, it was they had, whoever this military contractor was, you know, because this was before uh, cloud backup. He had overloaded the circuits in the building. He was causing uh, poor Devoe. You know, he was working on a TI ninety nine four A computer, so with no, uh, so it melted. That was what smelled, you know, and then you know it spread. So they had to run. And then he went straight, he said, he was, he said, I'm in the middle of cracking this Aspasia Cortina. And then those guys just started singing a little doo-wop, which cheered him up. But then he grabbed a pencil and a napkin and Callados. He kind of did a dumbed-down version of what he had been working on. And then Bell and Biv, they said to him, you know, what is the secret to the Spasia Cortina that, that you have that's different than everybody else? And uh, DeVoe said, I'm glad you asked, because it's uh, Descubran de Bajo Abajo it is discovered down below. Uh, Contestar, I'll answer your questions. 
Uh, because you know what? And then he stood up there in a diner and he said, you know, uh, Esparo, who said, it's all for you, all of you, the Espacia Cortinas to protect everyone, the whole world. And he goes, because if that happens, you know, uh, Posado Arriba, it won't be a last up. It's, it's all of us. We're all in this together. And if you have some perfecto idiota, some perfect idiot at the button here, you know, lo repito contare, repeat, there won't be a countdown. It'll be trouble right away. And uh, I don't find that uh, adequada, you know, adequada. And I don't find that adequada, you know, suitable. So that's why I'm uh, working so hard. So he said, let me get back to the secret, you know. So we use radar stuff, you know. Uh, De La Senal for the signal. And re, re, he goes, you know, microwave relay, stuff like that for the mensajes and messages. But that's line of sight. So we also use it. That's the double backup. We also use satellite, you know, for Yamada, for the call. You know, because uh, he goes, but the thing is, I got to do, I, I got to figure this out. You know, Apenas una best part, just once, you know, for everybody. He goes, it's a solution, Esperando, we've been waiting for. And he goes, uh, there's no corbata, no ties in this kind of thing. And people started to agree with him. They said, cierto, cierto. And one guy said, uh, nunca me gusto. I never liked this whole. And they said the whole thing, the whole military industrial complex. But also the you know threat of global thermal nuclear uh, things, you know, and someone was grabbing her children, and she said, "Ari, Ari, isgarme, Ari isgarme, dame asiado." You know, you know, I'm at risk too. And then the weird guy said, "Biento grafica mi largo." Well, my wind graphics are long. And, you know, DeVoe just patted him, and then Bell and Biv, they sang for that guy. And even, you know, the people that were, you know, a little bit close-minded, they even said, uh, you know, Dese de Anoche, since last night, you know, I had a dream about this. And he said, does anyone have any questions, Pierre Dierte? Just ask me. But then Bivens was like, well, I thought you were about to, you know, say you were talking about it that it was below the earth or something. He said, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, so since the Viejo, since the earth has slowly aged, you know, he goes, there's, uh, you know, there's global thermal, he goes, but there's thermal energy within the earth. And he goes, deep down where you think things are, uh, Todavia still, he goes, that's where we creamos, we create the, 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 uh, the, the Espacia Curtain, believe it or not. And he said, Barrel ya ba aver, but we'll already see. He goes, they're going to try to undo this. And everyone was confused, you know, because they're not uh, amateur scientists, you know, amateur space war scientists like he, he was. Uh, so no sobbing. They didn't know what he was talking about. But he said, Pono peor, it gets worse. You know, if we don't deal with this right now, 
And of course, this he is too bad he was like 30 years too early because people could have recorded this on a cell phone and uploaded this. You know, all these people, they were, you know, they said they were paid off. They said, forget it, you ever heard about Elbiv DeVoe, except for their wonderful tunes. But not, you know, and people said, sure, what, what, what do you mean? And they said, no, really, I, was, I had so much soda at dinner. I remember the guy talking about a space curtain. I saw or a shower curtain. And they said, yeah, right, a shower curtain with space stuff. And I said, oh, yeah, forget it. And if you met uh, um, any of the Belbiv or DeVoe, they would say today, Lo siento mucho, I'm so sorry. Because right when he was about to break, how he's going to use thermal energy to protect the Earth. Yeah, this guy came to the door. He said, hey, man, Trar, let me in. And they said, it's a diner. Anyone can come in. And the guy said, I was out there on the street, and I had a notion, a notion that somebody was talking about a, a space defense system. I think I almost had it there. Space. Sads. No, I don't know. I might remember it, but probably not. And the guy said, Oricuriando las malos un sitio. He goes, this seems like a bad situation. He goes, because this guy is not here. And then he was talking about DeVoe. You know, we know no solo a mis hijos. He's not here just to protect your children. He's to protect all the children on the other side of the world. You know, he's trying some divisive stuff. In this, these days, it was ru- ru- the Ruski, Ruskies, they called them. And this guy, you know, he was, he was covered in, you know, he was, a, he was covered in American flags, all jingo. I think that's what they call that, jing- jingoism. And he said, un tiempo, about, he goes, a space curtain. Because he goes in, he said, you know, he's, I think this might have been the guy that wrote Proud to be American. He said, "No, Saquando. I don't know when Americans started putting up curtains in space. Not, you know." He goes, "That's how." He goes, uh, "He goes. Americans don't put curtains up anywhere. We, we put up blinds." And you know, Devoe's so brilliant. He was laughing at that. He said, "Man," he goes, "He goes. That's the irony." He goes, yeah. "He goes. Oh boy," and he thought everybody would be on his side. And the guy said, and perdirlo, I need to prevent this uh, ridiculous stuff. And he really, and Veneo, poisoned these people's minds. Because he said, as American, say lo hero, I swear, you know, Moriendo, I'm not giving up anything for the Ruskies, you know, that's them. And he goes, we're here, us. And then he said, I'm buying everybody's dinner, it's all on me. You know, because he was really a secret stooge for military uh, industrial complex. Sacado and he had taken packs of money, handed those out, and he said, "This is what America." He goes, "I, you know," he goes, "I just made my first million out there." He goes, "I bought a truckload of ice and I sold it to you know some some silly thing like that, some metaphor like that." And he goes, Unica Forma, that's not the only way to make any millions. And uh, Bell, it was usually the quiet one, he said, Cayase, you know, shut your yap. And then everything, you know, 
Capaz, Voltaba, everything, all the common sense, all the capability of sensibility went missing at that point. And the uh, uh, Logro Camaras achievement that should have been on camera of uh, DeVoe and B- Bell and Biv, who, you know, created the seed money. You know, all this stuff got put in the Cassiero. The Cassiero. All that all that stuff got put in a Cassiero a locker, you know, somewhere in some deep vault. And, you know, Rampe Cabezas Ademas, a plus puzzle, you know, because they encrypted it probably or shredded it. You know, someday somebody will find it and they'll say, Es Eugenio is genius, this DeVoe. You know, he could have defended us against these weapons of... Uh, Mads, was that what it's called? No. Uh, but, you know, Hagal, we didn't do it. We didn't take him up on it. Oh, DeVoe, I don't buy. Where did you go? I don't know. Bell of DeVoe. And now you know, you know, how they could have prevented something that never happened, but he wanted to do it. All right, so we're talking episode 45, uh, Walt's sitting there. It is a really nice black dress shirt on, or dark gray, or charcoal. Uh, or, you know, something. There's some dead flowers. Wow, I didn't know I wrote that down. Uh, and then the episode opens. And we see two SUVs. We see the pink polka dot. We see a pink polka dot bag. What does that say? Berg? Bug? I don't know. After that... Uh, so being packed. Oh, pink polka dot bag being packed. Uh, Walt supervising. Walt's not going. We see the polka dot stuffed animal horse, which was uh, filled in for Henry when they were doing the rehearsal. This was a new one I noticed in the bedroom. There's a pencil drawing over the chest of drawers in there. And at first I was very confused because, you know, it just flashed on the screen for a second. You know, and I'm always distracted. But I said, is that a dude in a beard? And, you know, I guess they have reverse on these remotes. But, you know, I'm I'm, I'm so focused with, you know, panic. of I said, is that a dude in a beard? Was that a couple with a dude in a beard? And they even put double question mark, what, uh, WTF? But then I said, just wait for it, buddy. It'll come back. And then I noticed, oh, it's all three of them, but Walt has a full beard. Uh, but Junior looks close in age to his current age, and Cielo has a smirk on her face. And it didn't really look like a Junior, no offense to the artist, but uh, then long tall, long talk with uh, Walt and Cielo. Uh, they leave the polka dot pony behind, poor little pony. Wasn't my little pony, you know, I guess in that case. Uh, Walt calls Henry, who's got a serious neck brace on, a serious one, really puffy. Uh, Walt and Henry are keeping some kind of secrets. Uh, Fresco, like it's cool, bro. Walt says goodbye to Valentina. And also I caught this. There's a lot. I noticed the extras in the metastasis more. 
uh, because it's in an urban area as opposed to Albuquerque, which is a little bit smaller. But there's like a nosy neighbor there, like looking out of his garage the whole time. What does that say? Oh, watching. He watches everything they do, watches them pull out of uh, Kapaz Fran, his garage. Huh. That's confusing. Uh, but the neighbor was there watching the whole time. And then I said, uh, presumably, is an extra, though. And I think the episode's killed Venero. There's lots of, all of a sudden we see Henry's house. There's lots of coverage there. I said, is that too much coverage? Uh, Junior's all been out of shape about something. Maria's trying uh, to be a good host and to get Walt to come over. Henry is a polka dot episode. Henry has a polka dotted mug. What was interesting is instead of, uh, I think they switched it because it, it was a uh, white, was it white dots on a black background? But it really looked like, uh, like a black non dots on a white, you know, to me, like a black outlines on a white something. You know what I mean? It wasn't, there's something different about that mug. I can't quite put it into words. You know, when they say, see the space in between the trees, in between the tree branches, that's what that mug was doing. See the space in between the polka dots. Is The polka dot is the space in between the, the polka dots are the space in between the polka dots. Young Samurai. But none of that was said in the episode. Henry was like, you know what, I'm on to this Gus Fring guy. He also, even more, he had a new shirt on we haven't seen. 44 episodes that I'm aware of, you know, which, but, uh, it was a little bit different, less flashy, but still had some flash to it. He lays out the case. Don't worry, I got more shirt details coming. You know, calm down. Uh, but he lays out his case about Matt and Gus to everybody, CLO, uh, Gomez, Jr., Maria. Uh, Henry's shirt, though, was a thin shirt, definitely my kind of shirt. I mean, I don't think I could pull his shirts off because I'm nothing like him, you know. I mean, Henry can carry a shirt. I mean, you give him a borderline shirt, he could still pull it off. I mean, he can pull off being bald. He still looks cool, and he's bald. I mean, not that, that I mean, just for him, you know, he, he does it well. So he could pull it, but it was a thin shirt. I couldn't tell if it was gray or brown. And it had some kind of cubist cartoon thing going to it. Clement, what's that guy's name? Was it like a Gustavo or a Clement, you know, or... Not a Dore, but a very Cubist uh, pattern to it, but in a cartoony way. Uh, but Gomez is there. Now, Gomez, he can't pull anything off. He's got a fleece vest. That's what he can pull off. As they say, a man's got to know his limitations, even in fashion. And Gomez is like, I'm the fleece. I'm that guy that wears the fleece vest everywhere. Why buy? You know, I, I, I've done more than given up. I've reached acceptance. This is my, you know, this is my, this is my lot in life. I go through life with a fleece vest, not too hot, not too cold. Cool, my core, my, 
And they said, well, you don't even care what you look what look like. Not as long as my core is comfortable. They say, that's why I love you, Gomez. Uh, but then Gomez, you know, takes heed. He pulls up to the laundry. He says, you guys do, a, you know, fleece, any fleece vest services here? Now he starts asking other questions, not about it. And the guy at the door, either he either knows something or he's a great actor. And they talk, the guy that runs the laundry. And he talks to him, he says, hey, let a few of us come in and then surprise, it's a drug dog. And the guy's a little bit nervous, but not too nervous. And then Gomez takes a picture of a, stu- of a bunch of stuff. Meanwhile, Jose and Killian Murphy are down in the basement of the lab. Is that his name? I feel like his name changed, but is it Killian Murphy? Or did I, you know, at some point, most brain cells passed. It gave up in between the episodes. Uh, but they sit there. Jose whispers he worries. Gomez looks at the fake um, washing machine for a while, touches the wall. Uh, Gus calls. I don't know what the hell he's thinking. He calls, They don't have the ringer off. Uh, this is pre-vibrate, I guess. This is, where, this is one of these places where narrative tension and common sense collide. Uh, but Gus is watching everything unfold on his cameras, uh, so he would have known it would have been, that's why I was being critical. But he wants to know if uh, Jose still wants to protect Walt. Uh, he's, do you still love that, uh, him as a father figure, or me? And Jose says, both, I'm a loving person. Uh, then Gomez rolls out the gang laundry, does know, because he calls Killian, who's like, back to work, yo. Uh, Jose gets dropped off way out in the country at his car by a laundry truck. And then he calls Walt. Uh, then he calls Saul. There's a bunch of voicemails from Saul. Then he shows up at Saul's office. They make plans. They talk. They make deals. It's almost, almost begs Jose. He says, take all your money. And we see Henry in the neck brace. He's on a computer. Cielo's watching him. He's looking at photos from the laundry. She's watching everything. And then they chit-chat. And then she calls Walt, leaves a voicemail. And I guess she says, hey, dummy. Because uh, that's what I wrote. Hey, dummy. That's what it says. Then it says, Arrow Junior reading long-form magazine. Maybe someone said, hey, dummy. Yeah, it was a show there. Hey, it's time for another episode of Hey, Dummy, starring Scooter. Uh, but then Junior was reading a long-form magazine, long-form articles. I wish I could have figured out what it was. And he was really into it. And it was a long, I mean, I don't know. I found that interesting. Uh, then uh, Henry's looking at pictures of the lab. It was still Maria's with the baby. Uh, Ciela goes outside, she wants to get out, get some air, then she bums a cigarette, she's stressed, exclamation point. We see Jose, he's at home kicking out on the couch, chilling, thinking, Andrea calls, Jose rolls out. Uh, Jose goes to the hospital, you know, Jose goes somewhere, but it's family day, and then he's like, and they said only real family, and he said, what does that mean anymore? 
And then he's like, I'm going to go smoke. Then he's missing his magic cigarette. And then Jose knows Walt hanging out. Jose goes there. Oh, Jose knows. Then Walt's hiding out at his apartment or his house. Jose goes there. Walt plays the fiddle on Gus. That's what I wrote. That's what I wrote. Walt plays the fiddle on Gus. But he does, you know, he blames everything on Gus. So Jose, because Jose was kind of mad. He said, I'm trying to find, find for my own family. Walt, what are you doing? Uh, but Jose's not having it. He's like, well, you're a liar. He suspects you. Then he cries, and then he's mad. And Walt tries, he says, well, once again, I, mean, I think you should focus your energies on Gus, all your emotions. And then Walt says, I'm going to lie down on the ground here. And he said, he figures, I don't know what that means, he figures. I put a uh, single quotation marks around it. And he figures it out. Oh, and then he laughs. Like he said, well, let me think about what, what really is going on here. And then he laughs. And he says, of course, Jose, let me lay it all on you to a level of confidence, you know. And that's where he pushes Jose all the way to another emotional overload. Then they find some common ground. And then Jose goes back and he says, I want to be a member of this family, but they won't see him. And Killian shows up. He's like, you can't be waiting here for this family to accept you. You got to go to work. And Jose says, nope, I'm not going to work. And Killian says, no. And then Jose says, no. And then Killian calls the boss. Uh, Walt is uh, working on a Raspberry Pi. You know, I don't know what it's downloading or what. Or, you know, making, probably making noise, you know, irritating noises. Oh, yeah, because he's using a walkie-talkie to talk to a raspberry pie. Just, you know, with the private voice alternator, say, Excuse me, sir. You know, something to play tricks on people. And then uh, we see Gus's station wagon. He parks at the garage with his crew. Gus is in a suit with a blue sweater. So he had a suit coat, with, you know, with a blue sweater. That's a lot of layering. I would get so high like that. I don't even think I could wear it. It could probably handle like one and a half of those layers. You know, maybe the sweater and a real thin t-shirt. Um, but Killian's there. He shows up. He says, hey, there's a phone call for you. Uh, for Jose. And, he's, and then it's like, oh, Gus is in the chapel. Uh, so he meets up with Gus. Gus says some things. And it kind of makes Jose sad. Uh, then we see back at the car garage uh, on the roof. We see a low spolios uh, mirror hanging from the mirror of Gus's car, a low spolios keychain. And the keychain, Gus is telling, I guess Walt was going to pretend he was a chicken. Like saying, your chickens are bad or something, I don't know. But Gus sees a keychain and he, he gets a mental... The keychain tells, he says, there's going to be a trick. Walt's trying to trick you, you know, hidden camera style. So Gus is like, well, I don't want to, you know, play in these games. So he just stares at the car. He says, no, thank you. Then we see Walt has everything. He's, he's, he made it. This is creative. This is a maker making. Because Walt, his maker kit for making his Raspberry Pi 
you know, voice uh, uh, a comedy routine, a diaper bag kid. Like I said, that's a very good use of a diaper bag for a maker bag. And that's the end of the episode. All right, so we're talking uh, season four, episode 12. Is that right? Yeah, season four, episode 12, uh, end times of uh, Breaking Bad. It opens with some packing, and it's in a hurry. And Walt's, uh, it's Walt and Skyler. They're packing uh, to, to move out, move on, or move, temporary move away. And then Skyler's like, uh, oh, I'm not going. Like, first guy's like, okay, where's all your toothbrushes? So, oh, wait, you don't live here. We'll go by your place. And Walt says, I'm not going. And this is really a, a this episode... I mean, Brian Cranston's at his best. And you'd say, well, Jesus, is Walt, over these past two episodes, you know, where, where, where do we stand with Walt? Oh boy, I would say, oh boy. Ashkash Bagash, uh, maybe. Uh, but Jesus, I can't imagine the difficulty of doing it, like, like, because this just comes across. These two episodes are so good. I mean, well, I don't want to point out any particular episodes, but. That we're not watching Brian Cranston. I mean, or I'm not. It's like there's so many layers to Walter, and it can be so incredibly confusing. And, and, and assumingly, for the most part, I mean, for me, it might be confusing for some other reasons, but uh, just just the nuance is like, geez, uh, that you forget. I mean, you don't forget I'm watching. I don't know. I can't believe someone could act and write and direct. And do all of the things that go into this that just makes it seem, I mean, effortless. I don't, oh, man, this is a good episode. And, I mean, just good in a, a mind-bending way, uh, even though, well, anyway. Well, says, you know, I'm not going with you to Hank and Marie's. And Skash says, what do you mean you're not going? This is over, you know, we're having a sleepover. We're building forts in the living room. Adult sleepover. It's the newest hip thing, Walt. And Walt says, no, 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 I, I want all of you to go and be safe. You know, you'll you'll be better off there. I'll be here or somewhere else uh, on my own. He goes, this, you know, this is a new way. I know it's hard, Skyler, but this is a new, you know, this is the way, the state of our, our affairs. And Marie's your sister. And, she, you know, it, 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 stuff like that, kind of. Uh, but Skyler's like, you know, I'm not leaving you. And, and Walt's like, don't worry, the professionals are in charge because they hired someone to do this adult sleepover. And then Skyler's like, well, how am I going to explain it to Murray? She's going to flip. Or Junior or Hank, you know, they don't want to be stuck at this adult. You know, they don't want to be there either. And Walt's like, you'll figure it out. And Hank will, he says, hey, Hank will know Murray's overreacting. I'll talk to Hank. You back me up. And this guy was like, no. And Walt says, there's no other way. And this guy was like, well, when are we going to work all this out, uh, all, all this stuff? And this is when we get, every once in a while we get close to Walter being truthful, Walter. And almost here, but not quite. He says, you know, I've lived, he goes, you know, I've been sick, Skyler, uh, for a year now. And because of that, I've made choices. And he goes, I have to deal with those choices. No one else. 
And even there, you say, was he being truthful or not? Or does he know? Does he, even Walter, know what the truth is? As he says, those consequences, they're coming. No more prolonging the inevitable. And then Walt lies to Hank, I got to run the car wash. You know, oh, yeah. And Hank's like, oh, yeah. He goes, this is going to go great with Marie. He goes, Marie's going to be the one. And he goes, and Hank's like, yeah, this is just ridiculous. I agree. And he says, okay, just take care of yourself, buddy. All right, buddy. Oh, a couple other dude, a piece of dialogue. And there's got to be another way. Well, it says there was, now there isn't. And then there's also this, oh, Skyler. Uh, and Walt says goodbye to the baby. Uh, who, because the baby's name's different. I get it mixed up. It's not Valentina. Valentina, that's in the... But Walt says goodbye to the baby. Baby cries. And then the episode opens. Uh, Walt's in the backyard. He's playing spin the bottle with himself, which, I mean, that's bizarre. Uh, there's a weird wind on the plants, and at first I was surprised I noticed it, but then I said, oh, uh, huh. I, I wrote it down here, wind on plants, that's all I wrote, nothing other than that. So it's like, man, the, the subtlety of this freaking show, holy moly. Uh, and then we're at Hank and Maurice, there's a ton of cops there. And we're inside, Junior and Marie are talking about forcing Walt to come over. And, like, how hard did you try? And then they lay off your mom. And then Marie's like, you know, can't you just make him come? Can't Steve? And he goes, no, no, you can't make people come uh, where, where you want them to be. And, you know, Scott's, or Marie's like, I'll call him. He'll get over here if I call him. End of story or something. And she's like, because this is trouble for all of us. And Hank's like, it's not trouble for all of us. And then Walt doesn't answer. And he's like, take it down a notch. You know, okay, we got plenty. You know, this whole thing's a smoke screen. And that's when Hank takes over. He says, this is a smoke screen. He goes, there's no, he goes, I'm, he goes, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still incapacitated. The timing's odd, you know, I'm looking into Fring, and then all of a sudden, I got to stay here. And that's when Hank kind of openly discusses, like, Gus Fring from the chicken, the chicken guy? And everyone's like, what are you talking about? Hank's like, well, just because Gomez is there. And he's like, well, I think he's the biggest mess dealer in the Southwest. And everyone's like, whoa, Steve, what do you think of this? And they're like, are you even looking into it? And he's like, well, you know. And he goes, and then Walt's, or Hank's like, it's run by a German multinational. And then Steve Gomez is like, well, there's no proof. And then Hank's like, well, why don't you start at the laundry? Uh, you know, meth super lab. And they're like, well, you know, what do you, what do you, know, what do you know? And they have this note, I can't, it says, go and start a laundry. Uh, go and start a laundry. I don't know what that means, but Steve pulls up to the laundry. Uh, Dennis is working. He's in a gray shirt and tie, and Dennis is really good. And Steve starts trying to play the guy with this story about, uh, 
uh, entitled rich kid at a fancy burger joint. Seafood builds does some of the old built rapport building. Work, he does the old working class rapport building. Then he says, you know, this weird, he goes, oh, it's in you guys. He goes, it's just this other, you know, it's the opposite of separating the people from the problem. It's blaming somebody else from the pro- for the problem. And he goes, his dad's some big shot, so we got to go look and see what was in his chef's coat that he said for good guy from you guys. And Dennis is like, well, I don't know. And so he, uh, Steve's like, well, I could call everybody. Oh, you know, we do have to get a warrant and everything, or we could just, you know, look around. And he's like, all right. He goes, Dennis will be like the wind. And then he goes, just two of us. And But one of them is a guy who's a drug dog. And so they go in. And then we see Jesse and Tyrus are in their lab, quiet. Gus calls. He's like, this is all Walt's fault, uh, Jesse. And he goes, this can't go on. And Jesse's like, well, I don't like Walt, but I, I, I could care less. You know, you, you, need, you and Walt need to just avoid each other. He goes, I've decided you're my Oedipalian, you know. He goes, actually, Gus, I don't know anything about your family. He goes, maybe you, he goes, are you, am I Telemachus? Or he goes, I, I'm confused of which archetypes were supposed to fit in here. And then Gus says, well, have you read Chaucer? And Jesse says, I don't read, yo. No, that didn't, none of that happened. Uh, of course not. Silly, I'm such a silly goose sometimes with my imagination. Sorry, I just like did some fan fiction there. Uh, but uh, Jesse's like, no. And then uh, Gus is like, well, we're going to have to deal with this somehow. And then reprise. Is that what this is? Response. Oh, the response. Then they're gone. Uh, they couldn't find anything. Uh, Jesse gets driven out to the country. That's where his car is parked. And then he uh, gets in his car. He calls Walt. I also noticed Jesse's red flip phone. I had that phone. It almost had like a mirror. Uh, it was a pretty good phone. It was thin for a flip phone, like flat. I don't know why they made like those. Uh, yeah, I liked it. Um, I think, I don't know. I think, I don't know what brand it was. I think, you know, you got it when you signed a freaking 40 year contract or whatever it was. Uh, but, and it had a camera, the camera wasn't that great, but it was better than in the location. Cause it was in the, uh, the flip part and not the phone, you know, you know, the top part, they used to call those clamshell phones too, but that was uh, flip phones better. Clamshell, there's too many, again, this is, you think brand consultants could just listen to this podcast, you know, flip phone, clamshell phone. That's too much. Okay. There you go. Boom. Pro-am tip. You know, for your freaking brand building, whatever the hell you do. Anyway, but it, that was in the flip part of the phone. And most of them are in the base. Or the ones I've had, which is, I think I had uh, one, two. I actually, I probably had three or four. I don't know if all my flip phones had it, but the, uh, I had that crappy silver one before I got the red one. Uh, you know, the super, you know... And, uh, that one had it in the base, but the red one had it in the flip bar, but it, and it was in the center, which was nice because everything else is off center. And, 
I don't know. I guess that's about it about that phone. Well, did I say there's a mirror when you flipped it down? I think it was a mirror, like a smoky mirror. So, you know, you obviously wouldn't blind you or anything, but if you wanted to get a, it probably made you look better because it was a smoky charcoal mirror. I don't know. I never knew if that was intentional or not. I assume so, but maybe it was just one of those accidental miracles or whatever they call it. Like, uh, that shouldn't have been an accident. Flip phone, that's not an accident. You know, that was some bright person that said, well, you flip it, it's a flip phone. Uh, get rid of the clamshell. That's too much. You're right. Clamshell. How are we going to fit that in the uh, marketing? Okay, where were we before? Jesse's phone. So he he calls Walt, leaves a message. Or maybe he doesn't even leave a message. He can't find my spot here. Oh, country... Flip phone with mirror. There's that six messages. There we go. From Saul. Uh, then just so they say, get over to the office, get over to the office, which in a, you know, three or four rewatches of this episode, these things start to seem, uh, you, you start to wonder now. Uh, but Jesse shows up, he gets frisked. Uh, Saul's shredding papers and insulting his coworker. And he goes, the end times are here, kid, end times. And Jesse's like, well, what do you want? And he goes, don't you want your money? Just take your money. He goes, I'm hitting the road. I'm, I'm ta-. He goes, I decided, you know, he, and he, this was bright. He said, I'm a brilliant performer. I should just hit the road, you know. Better seesaw. Instead of better call Saul, get your tickets now. You better seesaw. And, and the brand consultant, that's too much like Seesaw. I'd be like, you're right. That, that's why I caught it already. So I'll be billing you. Better Seesaw. Seesaw on the seashore. Uh, but he says, I don't like the heat so hot. Catch my drift, daddy-o. Uh, so Jesse takes the money. To be honest, during this scene, I don't know why. I think I was in a bad place. I was distracted. So I'll be honest with you. He kind of let you guys down. For these, like, uh, three minutes, I was looking at my phone. Oddly enough, all this phone talk got me. So I better check my phone. Uh, but it was like a neurotic checking of my phone. He said, what haven't I checked today on my phone? I better check that because I'm not feeling comfortable. We can't live in the moment. Like, it's not like I was living in the moment. Uh, and maybe, I mean, it's good that Game of Thrones is coming up because I'm like, oh, actually, when you're hearing this, it'll be after Game of Thrones. Total time travel. I'm recording this in freaking April. You believe that? Hey, what's up? How you doing? I don't know when this has come out. That's that's crazy, huh? Podcasting, man. It's time travel for free. Anyway, then we have Hank. He's looking at pictures of the laundry. All serious. Skylar rolls up behind him. She looks at the pictures. They kind of talk. And he's like, oh, clean as a whistle, they say. So she calls, she goes, bums the smoke, calls Walt. Uh, goes out on the deck. Uh, there's a strange, quiet cop. That's who she bums the smoke off of. I was, I, I, it was, uh, couldn't figure out what he was doing out there because he's just sitting on the deck chilling. And I said, is he on break? Because he didn't look like he was on break. And he was like, there he is, a strange, quiet cop kicked back. And I said, well, that, that's strange to me. That's why I put it. 
It couldn't. And I remember the first time I saw it, I said, well, that's strange. He's kind of sitting there, like looking at the sunset. So I don't know. I think, I mean, if I'm sure if you're a taxpayer at Albuquerque, would say, they'd have something to say about it. And smoking on duty. Or, well, uh, bumming. What do, you, what do you call it if you're, you're, you give someone a smoke? If they're bumming a smoke off you. I mean, that's this phrase that'll be gone soon. Anyway, then we have, talking about smoking, Do we have Jesse kicking back, and uh, he's playing with his lighter. It's a good thing this show is for adults, because that's a bad example. There's another thing in the 80s, there was all these crises about uh, playing with matches and lighters. You know, if you're listening, kids, don't freaking play with it. Uh, it's that simple. Uh, I think that's all that had to be said, but I, I think it was... Uh, I think that's another brilliant move by the cigarette companies. They say, okay, if we could blame the lighters and the cigarettes for all this. And they did that. They pulled that one off probably from 1976 to 1999, you know, I think. Wow, I didn't even realize that. There you go, brand consultant. Blame somebody else. That's come up twice tonight. Uh, but Jesse gets a call. He's like, what's wrong? He runs to see Andrea. But they're like, oh, this is only for family, a little family group thing. So Jesse goes outside to smoke. His cigarette is missing. So then he tells Andrea, you know, there's dangers in smoking. Tell Barack. Then we have Walt at home, and then there's a knock-knock, and it's Jesse. And then I said, this is in parentheses, it's Walt acting scared. Parent, open parenthesis, beginning parenthesis as well acting scared, close parenthesis. And then even Jesse looks just stared. Huh, that doesn't, just stoned, just stared. That's not really a word. Uh, but Walt's all paranoid. And it's like, this is the end. You know, he says it's all coming to an end. Full scope of what's happening. And Walt's putting it on him and, uh, and you know, blaming Gus. And it's all coming down. And I, I, Walt, I think Walt even says, I'm powerless, Jesse. And Jesse goes, oh, no, no, no. I know what you're up to, man. And dude, Walt says, Jesse, no, no. It's, it's all Gus. And then Jesse accuses Walt, and then Walt tries the old, I'm going to talk some chess uh, sense into Jesse. He goes, who's Barack? I don't, I don't have no idea what you're talking about, Jesse. It's not like I have a giant brain that I'm always, you, you know, what do you mean? And Jesse, poor Jesse. And Jesse's like, I'm so stressed, and I'm so confused, and... And Walt's like, it's probably, and Jesse's like, no, it's you. You're, he goes, I know you're up to something, Walt. And it's such a stupid, nobody ever told Jesse, trust your gut. You know, I guess. Wouldn't be a TV show if Jesse trusted his gut, though. So by the way, Scooter, keep it to yourself. But Jesse actually, I think, put it all together. Uh, but maybe he didn't. And Walt's like, well, why would I do it? Jesse, I, we're, we're a team, you know. You know, we're, we're, we're partners, socios, uh, they say, you know, in, in, in uh, Colombia. 
And you call me Mr. White. You know, I love that. And Jesse even says, this is when it gets, uh, oh, man, this scene is good. Uh, so he goes, because I'm helping Gus, and this is your way of ripping my heart out uh, before you, you go. Just admit it. Admit it. And then they go back, back and forth, and then Walt goes, oh, well, well, I don't understand the motivation. What could? And then Walt starts cracking up. He fall, lies down. He's laughing. So Jesse's already been on this emotional roller coaster of being angry, being crushed, being angry again. Now he's confused. But he still knows Walt's a liar. He's like, Walt, you, you know, but then Walt starts laughing. And he goes, oh, he goes, Gus wants you. He goes, he does want us to break up. He goes, that's why. He goes, this is his plan. He's 10 steps. This is great. Uh, Gus is always 10 steps ahead of me. And he needed your consent, uh, so he's got that now. Oh, boy, he's tricky. And Jesse's like, no, 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 Walt. He goes, this is something that doesn't have anything to do with Gus. This has to do with And then Walt's like, well, Jesse, you know, you've always been one to question yourself. Why would you stop questioning your terrible judgment right now? He goes, you're the last piece of the puzzle being puzzled by me. You're everything he wanted. Oh, this is such a this little dialogue. Man, so good. Think about it. It's brilliant. You know, let's it. Let's 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 say goodbye. And then Jesse's like, wait, maybe you're right. Maybe I should go talk to Gus. But Walt's like, no, 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 no. He goes, I'll help you or something. Let, then let me help, he says. So Jesse goes back to see Brock and Andrea, but the, the people at the hospital are like, oh, no, really strict. They really don't like Jesse, which is not surprising. Uh, then uh, stays, oh, Jesse must be sleeping at the hospital. Jesse's taking a nap. He gets woken up by Tyrus. He goes, you need to be at work now. And Jesse's like, I'm not going. And he's like, well, there's a batch about to be ruined. And Jesse goes, I don't care. I'm not leaving. And he goes, if he has a problem with that, he can tell me himself I'm not his errand boy. So hit the road. Uh, and then he texts Walt. That was a big thing. I put Jesse texts Walt in a parenthesis this for some reason, question mark. Kind of guy is Scooter. Kind of guy that parentheses a question mark. To be honest with you. Then Tyrus comes. He calls Gus. He says, Gus wants to speak with you. And then they go, and then Gus plays the soft shoe. Oh, Jesse, uh, you know, I'm trying to run a business. And Jesse's like, you don't understand. And he goes, this is our interest. Jesse goes, I'm not leaving. And then he, he says, well, I have a lot of strings I could pull on your behalf. And he goes, I guess that that's ruined that batch. So he goes, let's just uh, let's just call it even. Tyrus will go and clean the tanks, and then when you're ready to next week, we'll get back to work. And then we see Walt. Uh, I forgot to mention. It's, uh, I guess I never wrote down the scene where Walt was working on his uh, raspberry pie. But Walt has the old raspberry pie trick where you start the car and then it shuts off. He was going to play that trick on, uh, oh, but before that, uh, 
Let's see. We'll start when you're ready. Gus goes in the parking lot, and Walt watches. There's Christmas lights in the building Walt's on. He's got binoculars. He's watching. Uh, But Gus is thinking the whole time, this really is a cat and a cat game, not a cat and a mouse game. Or two roadrunners, you know, spy versus spy, but smart, smart spies instead of those two. But Gus is thinking the whole time, slowly, slowly figuring it out. But Walt's got his little, you know, he's like, I got this funny raspberry thing. Also notice he had cardboard down. So I thought that was interesting. I said, well, he really planned ahead. He's got cardboard so he can kneel on the roof without getting uh, indentations from the, the roof. And he also has a diaper bag. That's his Raspberry Pi Maker kids in a diaper bag. You know, no, that's like, that's a, that's a double thing that makes it tough. You say, well, geez, you know, makers don't get respect as being tough. Guys with diaper bags don't need to get respect. Maker kit in a diaper bag, you better watch out. That's, a, that's how Eisenberg rolls with his little uh, practical jokes. Uh uh, but there's tension building. Will Walt uh, pull off this practical joke? Music building. And then Gus walks off. He listens to his gut. We see the Los Polios air freshener on the rearview mirror. And then we see Walt's backyard. And we see a lily of a valley plant. And it's like, oh, man. Uh, good night, everybody.